Well, hello and welcome to the movie Paradise. I'm your host, Nathaniel Molnar, and this is Film Thoughts. Film Thoughts is a more laid-back podcast that I do every single Monday and upload it here on YouTube, um, as well as it goes up on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. I usually just kind of take some sort of topic or something within the world of movies or TV or any other media, and I just kind of talk about it. Um, and I was kind of struggling last night because I knew I was going to be doing this show and I had literally no idea what I was going to talk about. I was like, what am I going to talk about on film thoughts today? And then even though I did know this was going to happen, the Oscar nominations came out and I was like, well, there you go. I have plenty to say about the Oscar nominations. Now, later on this week on Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube, we will be talking about the Oscar nominations on the Movie Paradise show. However, we're going to frame it a little bit differently. We're going to be talking about the biggest surprises of the nominations. Whereas today and right now, I'm simply just going to be talking, going through all the nominations and saying my individual thoughts on them as we go. So, without any further ado, let's get right into the 2020 Academy Award nominations. Now, on... Last week's episode of the Movie Paradise Show, Rob and I did our predictions for the 2020 Oscar nominations. And I gotta say, we were off a little bit. I think there was one category, Best Lead Actress, we had, because we both kind of agreed on the same nominees, we were right on that. The other ones, there were some big, big upsets. And it was just, I think it's just a testament to how surprising... The nominations are this year. I think it, it, it's not surprising in that, like, overall, like, there were giant, giant upsets. Like, like something like Cats came out and was nominated for Best Picture or anything like that. But it was more things that I kind of taken for granted would be nominated weren't. Or things that I weren't really expecting kind of snuck their way in. Let's get right into it, though, and we'll kind of break it down as we go. The first category there is, is Best Picture. And so there's Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. I think out of all the categories, or maybe most of the, the main ones... This one has the least amount of surprises because when Rob and I did our predictions, we kind of said pretty much all these. And then there was this ninth spot, this sort of nebulous ninth spot that Rob thought The Farewell could sneak in. I thought Knives Out could sneak in. And we even said on the show, Ford v. Ferrari has a good shot of getting in there and Ford v. Ferrari gets in there. It's a pretty good list of films. The only one I haven't seen is Little Women which I will be seeing very shortly, because that, that's the only one I need to see. I've said before my thoughts on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is just, I think it's one of the more overrated films of the year, so I personally wouldn't have nominated it, but hey, I'm, I'm not shocked that it's in the list. Joker, I think, I have to rewatch a couple of films, but I think Joker is right now still my favorite movie of the year. But like I said, I still have a couple of films that I need to see before we do our favorite and least favorite movies of the year lists that we usually do here on the Movie Paradise. But moving on to Best Lead Actor, we have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, 
Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver for Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Jonathan Price for The Two Popes. So Jonathan Price and Antonio Banderas were the two ones that I didn't have predicted for this category. I had had Christian Bale and Taron Egerton in. And Rob had had, um, he had also had Christian Bale, but then he had um, uh, De Niro in for uh, The Irishman. And I gotta say, so I'm not... I am surprised that Antonio Banderas and Jonathan Price got in. I'm I'm surprised that they got in because it didn't look like from all the buzz that they were. However, their names were being brought up at other award shows, so it's not a 100% surprise. I am disappointed that Taron Edgerton did not get in. I really am. Now, granted, let me let me make this clear. I have not seen Pain and Glory yet, and I have not seen The Two Popes yet. Pain and Glory, I'm not positive I'm going to get to before the Oscars. The Two Popes, it's on Netflix. I'm definitely going to watch it. Probably, maybe this week, if not next week. Um, So, I can't, as of right now, comment on them and their performances. But, I thought Taron Edgerton, and I said this at the time that the movie came out, that Rocketman came out, like, way back in May or June or whenever it was that it came out. I said at the time, coming out of the film, if there were five performances better than Taron Edgerton's performance in Rocketman, meaning that he did not get a nomination uh, for Best Lead Actor at the Oscars, then we would be in for one hell of a year for Best Leading Actor performances. And it's just, again, I can't comment on Banderas' performance, I can't comment on Price's performance. I will say Phoenix and Driver definitely should be in here. They're, they were phenomenal. Leonardo DiCaprio was really good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But again, like I said, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of my more overrated films of this year. And so he was great, but I definitely would have put Edgerton over DiCaprio. I'm not surprised DiCaprio's in here at all from all the buzz or anything. I'm kind of, I'm trying to separate what, surprised me in terms of reading the room and seeing what the nominations were going to be like and uh what i personally wanted to be or what my personal opinions were on the individual performances or the nominees or anything like that but i am very sad to not see taron edgerton in here because i just thought what he did in rocket man and and bohemian rhapsodies uh that came out last year that was my pick for the most uh overrated i don't i don't like to use the word overrated because someone's personal rating is their own subjective opinion so maybe over talked about i don't i gotta come up with a better word than overrated but i just thought that bohemian rhapsody was just compared to the amount of buzz it was getting and all the oscars it got i just thought it was i thought it was good but not great and for rami malik and this is my personal opinion for Rami Malek to win Best Lead Actor last year, when, in my personal opinion, Taron Egerton in Rocketman, when it came to just the straight-up acting dramatic moments, I thought Taron Egerton was better than Rami Malek. And it, when it came to the musical performances, Taron Egerton actually sang all of his own songs. Rami Malek lip-sank. So, to me, Taron Egerton acted and sang and performed circles around Rami Malek and for Rami Malek to win best lead actor last year and for Taron Edgerton to not even be nominated this year 
I don't know. It, it just seems so backwards to me. But again, that's my own subjective personal opinion. So I, I'm very disappointed to see Taron Edgerton not in here. Some people, uh, I know Rob, um, who does the show with us on the Movie Paradise show, he's disappointed that De Niro's not in there. I mean, I wouldn't have been shocked if De Niro got in. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. I wouldn't have been disappointed if De Niro got in because De Niro was great. I would be a little bit surprised if De Niro got in because it seemed like from all the buzz and everything from the other award shows, he wasn't getting nomin nominated for any of the big awards. So I would have been a little surprised if he did get in, but I wouldn't have been disappointed because he's Robert De Niro. Moving on to Best Lead Actress, we have Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlie Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. And like I said before, this was the only one when Rob and I did our predictions of the nominations, this was the only one that we both got completely correct. So no real surprises here. Um, and I forgot to say, I wanted to kind of give my early, early thoughts on who would win. Uh, best Picture, I think, is still up in the air. Best Lead Actor, Joaquin Phoenix, I think, is taking home the trophy. So, Best Lead Actress, I think... Well, I think it's Renee Zellweger. I'm not going to be completely shocked if it's Scarlett Johansson. Because Scarlett Johansson... And I'm and we'll get to her in a, again in a little bit with Supporting Actress. But I'm so glad she got the nomination. Because as much as I loved Adam Driver in Marriage Story, I thought Scarlett Johansson was the best performance in that movie through and through. I thought just what Scarlett Johansson did with that movie was absolutely phenomenal. And so I'm very happy to see she gets the nominations, the two nominations. And again, we'll talk about her in a little bit. Little Women, I haven't seen, so I can't comment on Saoirse Ronan's performance. Judy, I haven't seen, so I can't comment on Renee Zellweger's performance. Charlize Theron was great in Bombshell. Cynthia Erva was fantastic in Harriet. So overall, no real surprises there because we predicted all of them correctly. But there you go. That's lead actress. Best Supporting Actor. Uh, one upset here. So we have Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. We have Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. Al Pacino for The Irishman. Joe Pesci for The Irishman. And Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, so the only one that I didn't get right for the nominations was Anthony Hopkins for The Two Popes. I put in Jamie Foxx for Just Mercy. But when we did our show, the live show uh, on Saturday, Rob and I both said that... Um, Jamie Foxx was the one person in that category that we thought could be switched out for somebody else. We thought the other four were locks. And that's what ended up happening with Anthony Hopkins going in for the two popes. Um, if I got to pick a winner, it seems like Brad Pitt is picking up steam for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think Anthony Hopkins does have a shot to win because he is Anthony Hopkins. But if I had to pick who I would want to win, I would pick Al Pacino because I thought Al Pacino gave the best performance in The Irishman. And I would just love to see him win for that. But it most likely will be Brad Pitt. We'll have to wait and see, though. Best Supporting Actress. We have Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, Laura Dern for Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh for Little Women, and Margot Robbie for Bombshell. A couple of upsets here. Um... Rob and I both thought that Jennifer Lopez was going to get nominated, as a lot of people did for Hustlers. She did not get nominated. I thought Nicole Kidman could get in there for Bombshell. She didn't. And Kathy Bates, who had been nominated for a few other award shows, ended up getting in for Richard Jewell, which I still have not seen. Um, 
But I I think the biggest part about this category is that Scarlett Johansson got her nomination for Jojo Rabbit. I was a little bit apprehensive that the Academy might not vote for her twice for supporting actress and lead actress for Jojo Rabbit and for Marriage Story. But I'm so glad that they did because as soon as I came out of Marriage Story, I was saying Scarlett Johansson gave two of the best performances of her career this year in Jojo Rabbit and Marriage Story. She was just in both movies for two wildly different performances and characters and films. She gave two of the best performances she has ever given in one year. And I thought she absolutely deserved to be nominated for both, and I'm glad that she did. Um, in terms of who's going to win, this is a tough one. Best Supporting Actress, I think it will ultimately be Laura Dern for Marriage Story. I would not be shocked if it's Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, but then I don't think she'll win for Best Lead Actress. So, who knows? And Kathy Bates might be a dark horse, but we'll have to wait and see on that one. Moving on to Best Director. This is an interesting one. So we have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for for 1917, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. I kind of always believed that Bong Joon-ho, Quentin Tarantino, Sam Mendes, and Martin Scorsese were locks. It was that fifth spot that was up in the air, and I thought there was there was a like at least four different people who could have very equally gotten in. I said it could have been Todd Phillips for Joker, it could have been Greta Gerwig for Little Women, it could have been Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story, and it could have been Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit. And I'm a little bit surprised that Todd Phillips got in out of all of them, because um, I thought some of those other, th some of the other three had a higher chance of getting in than Todd Phillips. But I'm very happy, because that movie, Joker, is phenomenally directed. Phenomenally. And it's not just Joaquin Phoenix's performance, that is the testament to Todd Phillips's direction. It's and, and I'll talk a little bit more about this once we get to the screenplay. I read um, a lot of the screenplay for Joker, albeit I didn't read all of the screenplay, but I read a good chunk of it. And from everything I was, so I, the screenplay for Joker is very radically different from the final film. And when you read about the making of Joker. They say that they went off script a lot. They improvised things a lot. They changed things on set as they were going. And for and, and the script itself, from what I read, I gotta be completely honest, it's not the greatest script. It's not. If they had made the exactly the movie that's on the written page, I don't think it would be nearly the movie that it ended up being. And so for for them to be going off of that basis. And then to see what the final film actually is, that is a testament to how phenomenal the direction by Todd Phillips was. That he took what I personally think is a mediocre script and made what I think is the best film of the year, went on to get 11 Oscar nominations and is heralded as one of the greatest films of 2019. That is all direction. That's all him. Granted, it's not all him. There's a lot of other people surrounding him who helped to make that happen. 
but that is him leading the ship to take a mediocre script that he co-wrote to make a phenomenal film. And so I absolutely, I have no problems with Todd Phillips getting in for a Best Director nomination. He directed, a, beautifully directed this film, and so I, I'm, I'm very happy to see him in there. I would have been happy with a Noah Baumbach. I would have been happy with a Taika Waititi, and even though I haven't seen Little Women, a lot of people are saying Greta Gerwig did a fantastic job with that, so I would have had no problems with her getting nominated for that. But I also have no reservations about Todd Phillips getting in there. Best Animated Feature. We have How to Train Your Dragon, I Lost My Body, Claws, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. I was surprised to see Lion King not in here. Now, I, I did hear something about Disney not pushing it for a Best Animated Feature, uh, even though it is, without any doubt, an animated movie. Frozen 2 is also not in here. Um, but uh, I'm just surprised that Lion King's not in there. But this is not the category that Lion King needs to win. That we'll get to in a little bit. But if I have to, if I have to pick a winner, and I never picked a, who I think is going to win Best Director... Uh, so I'll go back to that real quick. I think Sam Mendes is leading the charge on that, even though I personally wouldn't pick him. I think, though, there is a chance. I was going to say strong chance, but I don't want to say strong chance, but I think there's a solid chance that Bong Joon-ho wins Best Director. We'll have to see on that one. As for animated feature, looking at these, I feel like it's Toy Story 4. Granted, Missing Link did just win the Golden Globe. Now, the Golden Globes don't mean shit. The awards don't mean anything. But when you look at the Golden Globes, a lot of the times there is overlap between the Golden Globes and the Oscars. So even though the awards themselves don't mean anything, there is overlap in terms of what wins Golden Globes and what wins Oscars. So Missing Link could win Best Animated Feature, but if I had to make my pick right now, I'm going to say Toy Story 4. I'm going to skip animated short. A couple of these I'm going to skip just because I don't know any of these animated shorts. I'm sure 90% of the people listening don't know any of the animated shorts. So I'll just kind of stick with the ones that we know. So I'll forego animated shorts. No disrespect to anybody who made those films or was nominated. I'm sure you're incredibly excited and all power to you. I'm not nominated for any animated shorts or any Oscars for that matter. And so you are without any doubt far superior to me so no disrespect to you in any slightest i'm just gonna stick with the main awards for this best adapted screenplay we have the irishman jojo rabbit joker little women and two popes remember when i was just saying that joker was a mediocre script it just got nominated for best adapted screenplay um I don't know. It, I'm, I am surprised that it's in there. I wouldn't have put it in there because, like I said, I thought the script was mediocre and I thought the final film is so... The, the, the disparity between the final film, which is fantastic, and the script that they started with, which was their basis. I don't know. I just... I, I, I wouldn't have nominated it. But it's in there. It's whatever. I think it's going to be The Irishman that wins Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, Jojo Rabbit has a shot... And maybe Little Women, because I don't know if Little Women's really going to win any other awards. So, and I think we do see a lot of the times when there's a film that's nominated for a bunch of things and it doesn't win a lot of other ones. A screenplay can be one of the things it does win. So Little Women has a shot in that regard, but I do think it will ultimately be The Irishman. Best Original Screenplay, we have Knives Out, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. This is a tight, 
tight race. I'm very glad to see Knives Out in here, because Knives Out, as far as I can tell, didn't get any other nominations. And so, I'm very happy to see uh, Knives Out in here, because the script was fantastic. This is such a tight race, because I would love it if Knives Out won, I would love it if Marriage Story won, I'd love it if Parasite won. 1917... I thought the movie was good, but not nearly as great as everyone's raving about it, personally. And like I said, I I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is rather overrated, though I don't like using that word. If I had to pick a winner, I think Parasite has a strong chance of winning. I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, even though I wouldn't give it to them, has a strong chance of winning. I think Knives Out could surprise everyone, because like I said, it's not nominated for anything else. And Knives Out script is so strong and so good that that could sneak right in. But we'll have to wait and see on that one. Cinematography, this is one of the big ones. You have The Irishman, you have Joker, you have The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did not think The Lighthouse was going to get nominated for Best Cinematography, and I'm so glad that it did, because I still, still maintain that The Lighthouse is the best shot movie of 2019. The cinematography in that film is absolutely outstanding, and it's not just the aspect ratio, and it's not just the black and white. It's the framing of the shots and what they have inside of it, and, and it's just so beautifully, beautifully shot. It is The Lighthouse, in my opinion, without any doubt is the best shot movie of 2019 and joker is a close second there might be a couple other ones that are right up there with joker but joker is right up there with it 1917 i feel like is going to win and i love roger deakins if, if you followed me for any time you know i lo- i think roger deakins is the greatest cinematographer of all time in my personal opinion and i can see why he's going to win because the work that they went into to pull off making it look like one shot and all that is outstanding. I just thought that that was most of it and not the actual framing of what's having beautiful looking shots and framing what's actually in the shot. Most of the focus went into pulling off the technical aspect of making it look like one shot instead of the actual beautiful compositions and framing and all that because if you actually look at if you take any still from 1917 the framing and composition of it is rather average but it's more the 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 technical prowess of being able to pull off the one shot that makes it as outstanding as it is i feel like deacons is gonna win but if i had my pick it would be lighthouse i'm gonna skip over documentary feature because i haven't seen any of those again no disrespect to anyone who's nominated i'm going to do the same for documentary short i'm going to do the same for live action short international feature film uh so the nominees are corpus christi honeyland les miserables pain and glory and parasite i think the obvious winner is parasite because it's nominated for best picture so why would it be if it loses best international feature film than what business does it have being nominated for best picture so i think that's a foregone conclusion it's parasite best film editing ford fee ferrari the irishman jojo rabbit joker and parasite there's a few in here i think the irishman is a clear contender 
even though they could have cut out about 40 minutes of that <laughs> that movie, uh, a lot of people love the editing for that film. Joker's editing is phenomenal, and so is Parasite's. And so I'd have to say, I think it's between those three, and I'll every year uh, Rob and I do a Oscar pool. We pick all of our picks for the nominees, who we think are going to win. We put down maybe 10 bucks, and whoever has the closest to the actual winners wins the money. So I will be forced to make a decision then, but I have until then to make my decision. Right now for film editing, I think it's between Parasite, Joker, and The Irishman. We'll have to wait and see. And then we have sound editing, which is Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I think Ford v. Ferrari has a good shot at getting this because there's a lot of... this. When you look at the sound editing in that and all the race cars and everything, although 1917 also has a lot of that in terms of all the different sound effects going on at once. So I'd say it's between Ford v. Ferrari and 1917. For sound mixing, we have Ad Astra, Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel like 1917 could take this or, or Ford v. Ferrari, so I think it's kind of between those two as well. Production design, we have The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. It's tough. I think it's going to be The Irishman, though. Because if you look at that film, I mean, you. the reason I lean towards The Irishman is because of the wide-scale recreation of that time period. However, you could say the exact same thing about Jojo Rabbit, about 1917, and about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. However, I think for the Irishman, it was a little bit more than those. Um, it, it just, I don't know. It was just something about the Irishman, even though it's not, probably won't be my top 10. It might be, but it probably won't. There was something about the Irishman that just completely transported you to that time. And I think it will take the production design. Best original score, we have Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. First, I want to say, with John Williams getting this nomination for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, this makes a record for him for 52 Oscar nominations, which is outstanding. Like, John Williams is, without any doubt in my mind at least, the greatest composer for film ever. He's just phenomenal and for 52 nominations that's just that's that's outstanding um i do think it's gonna be joker who wins that score um by hilder is just phenomenal she did such an incredible job with the score for that film uh it just the score just like seeps into the dna of that film and and if you read about uh you know in joker that famous scene now where he's in the bathroom and he's doing that really weird, wiry dance. It was completely different in the script, the mediocre script, um, my personal opinion. Completely different in the script. And then Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix had the the score. They had, here's, uh, Todd Phillips was like, hey, I have a sample of the score. Joaquin, you want to listen to it? And they're like, sure. And so they listened to it. And then Joaquin started like doing that dance when he was hearing it. And then they just filmed that and made that the scene. So literally, Hilder's score for Joker not only just adds to the movie that they made, it helped make the movie that they made. So I think Joker is going to win Best Original Score. Best Original Song, 
we have I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. I'm Standing With You from Breakthrough. Into the Unknown, Frozen 2, and Stand Up from Harriet. I'm glad to see that the song from Lion King didn't get in here because I think, frankly, I don't like that song and I was seeing it pop up in a lot of other best original songs. I personally don't care about the best original song category. Just, I don't know. I, I just, it's, it's, I just don't think it's overly important. And if I had to pick a winner, I'll go with the Rocket Man song. I'm going to love me again. And even though I don't really like that they have the best original song artists perform the songs i will be very excited to see elton john and hopefully taron edgerton perform that song together that will be very cool makeup and hair i believe this is the first year that they're doing five nominees instead of three which i really like i, I like that they moved that up to five we have bombshell joker judy maleficent mistress of evil and 1917 really glad bombshell is in here and i think that's going to be the winner because Joker had great makeup and hair, but it was really for one character. Um, I don't know why 1917 is in here, to be completely honest. Because makeup and hair, like, the makeup was dirt that they put on them, and the hair was just combed? <laughs> or, or covered by a hat? I don't know. That, that That's a little weird to me. Maleficent I didn't see, and Judy I haven't seen, so I can't speak to those. Um, Bombshell, I think, should win Best Hair and Makeup, because... The amount, like, the hair and makeup, they totally transformed so many different people to look exactly like their real-life counterparts. And the hair and makeup in that movie is phenomenal, so I think that should win, and I think it will win. Costume design, we have The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think it'll either be Irishman or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Two period pieces, or, or Little Women could sneak in for, uh, because that's also a period piece, but I think it'll, I think it will be one of those three. And then the final one that we have in here uh, is Visual Effects, which is Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, 1917, The Lion King, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. I think this award, without any shred of doubt, goes to The Lion King. The visual effects, and I was saying before, like, uh, oh, didn't get nominated for best animated film, whatever. There's one category it needs to win, and that is visual effects. Because the visual effects, I don't care what anyone says about the movie. I, I really liked The Lion King. I thought it was a fun, enjoyable, just delightful movie. I don't know why everybody so, like, desperately shat all over that movie. And again, it's their own personal opinion. If they didn't like it, they didn't like it, that's fair. But... I didn't get it, why everybody hated that movie so much. Um, but the visual effects, doesn't matter if you didn't like the movie, the visual effects were fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. To be able to, to, to take and, and, and transport you to this world and to create, like, everything. From the grass, to the trees, to the sky, to the animals, to the fur, to everything. To make it all look 100% lifelike, photorealistic, and it was all CGI, all made in a computer. To the point where they had an actual, like, real-life shot. One shot that was actually of the uh, African plains. And nobody could figure out which one was the real shot. That's how good the visual effects in this movie were. It, 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 and I, I think the visual effects in Star Wars, were they great? Yeah, they were great. 
The visual effects in Endgame, were they great? Yeah, they were great. None of them come close to what Lion King did. So, I, if that doesn't win Best Visual Effects, I think that is a snub. And I don't use that word very often with awards, but I think that would be a snub if it didn't win, because I think, without any shred of doubt, Lion King should win Best Visual Effects. Overall, though, with the Oscars, so now that we, we went through all of them, there were some surprising ones. Uh, there were ones I was surprised that things were left out. There were ones I was surprised that things got in. There were some things I, I was disappointed with, like Taron Edgerton's. There were things I was very happy with, like the Lighthouse getting Best Cinematography. But overall, like I feel like every year with the Oscars, I feel like everyone gets comfortable in what they think the awards are going to be, or what the nominations are going to be. And then there's always a few upsets that take everyone by surprise. So that happened once again here with this year's nominations. I am sure between now and when the Oscars actually happen, we will be talking a lot about um, who we think is going to win, what's going to happen, all that good stuff. So all that is coming, but you just heard my initial thoughts on all the nominees. You heard my initial early predictions for who I think is going to win for most of them. Some of them I was like, ah, four to five are, are, are front runners. So there you go. Those are my picks. I'll, I'll narrow it down once we get a little closer. But yeah, that's what we're looking at with the 2020 Oscar nominations. Can I just say, I love Oscar season. I absolutely love Oscar season. Oscar season is just one of my favorite seasons of the year, not even related to film, just in general. I just love, I love the buildup. I love getting to the end of the year and having all these great movies coming out and you go see them and then all the other award shows, the BAFTAs, the Golden Glows, which mean nothing, the SAGs, the DGAs, the WGAs, all these start coming out and you start to like try to piece together who's going to get nominated for an Oscar and then the nominees come out and then it's all the buildup of who's going to win and then you see the show and then someone wins and then I just love the whole thing. I just love Oscar season. It, it's just so much fun because, you know... For, for us as film fans, there aren't too many times where we, in a, I mean, we get to on our own when we have our conversations with people or we do whatever we do, if we have sites or blogs or YouTube channels or whatever, we're talking films, but there are very few opportunities when on a more wide scale setting, do the films that we love get to be honored and recognized? And not just the films that we love, but films in general. Because that's something I always love about the Oscars, is that when you watch the Oscars, there's just this overwhelming sense of the love of cinema. And as a person who just loves movies, who loves the art of filmmaking, it doesn't matter, ultimately... It really doesn't matter if, oh, I really wanted Taron Edgerton to get nominated and he didn't. I really didn't want this person to get nominated. That's all nonsense. I just love that something like the Oscars can exist, which on a wide scale honors the art of filmmaking. And we don't get to have that very often. I feel like people who are parts of other sorts of fandoms, like the people who love sports... All the time you get people on a mass scale who get to uh, 
recognize sports there's sports awards you get the you get uh the super bowl you get all the championships you get march madness you get all this stuff constantly going on that's constant recognition and validation of the love of sports you get that with other sorts of fandoms as well but with film you don't get that that often and the oscars is the big thing for that and so it's always exciting to get to the oscars and just have this period of time where we all come together and just share our love of cinema. So, uh, anyways, that's going to do it for this installment of Film Thoughts. I'm your host, Nathaniel Molnar. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe for more content. Be sure to follow us on all of our various social medias, at MovieParadise99. Film Thoughts weekly podcast drops on Mondays. Uh, On Wednesday, a new episode of Movie Night Tonight, where we'll be talking about Raging Bull as the second installment in our month of boxing movies. Movie Night Tonight works that it's an in-depth film discussion podcast. Every week's a new film, every month is a new theme, so we'll be doing Raging Bull. Speaking of Martin Scorsese. And then on Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on YouTube, we have the Movie Paradise Show, where we will, the main topic, I'll say it now, because it's related to this, we will be talking about the three, Rob and I will each pick three biggest surprises with the Oscar nominations. So uh, you'll want to tune in for that. Uh, And so, yeah, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tune in for all of our shows. And until the next time, thank you for listening.